We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. Good morning to my People's Baptist Church family. Good morning to our guests and friends, both those in the sanctuary and those who have joined us by live stream. Welcome to this worship service today in this historic sanctuary of People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is The Sin of Omission. The Sin of Omission. Now, what is the first word a baby learns to recognize? Now, it would be nice if it were mommy or daddy, but anyone who has been around children knows it's not the case. The first word a child learns to recognize and to say is usually the word no. It seems like such a negative way to start out life. A couple had their first child and didn't want their baby to grow up being negative. And the way they decided to accomplish that was not to use the word no with their baby. Now that theory worked well for the first several months while their infant cooed and gargled in the baby blankets. How long do you think that theory lasted once the baby started crawling around? After a broken lamp and a few near catastrophic mishaps, those parents learned just how important the word no is. So no matter how much we hate it, the word no is a critical part of our learning how to get along in this world. Through it, we learn the difference between right and wrong, between good and evil, between what is best for us and what is harmful to us. Unfortunately, over the years, the church has been known in many places and especially in our culture, for what we are against rather than what we are for. You see, avoiding sin doesn't just mean learning how to say no. It also means learning when to say yes. 
That is what I believe James is speaking about here in the text that we are using. James chapter 4 and verse 17. In the New Living Translation, it says, Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. And the New International Version says, Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins. See, sin isn't just disobeying the thou shalt nots of the Bible. There are things the Lord has asked of us. And when we turn our backs on those things and ignore them, all the while knowing that this is something God wants us to do, then we are sinning. Now, the English Puritans, a group of religious conservatives, classified all sin into two categories. Sins of omission, that is the things we aren't supposed to do, and sins of omission, the good things that we know we should do, but we don't do them. James 4.17 is addressing the sin of omission. So let me point out four specific sins of omission. First, to know of needs without helping. The story of the Good Samaritan that Jesus told is a challenge to us to help out when we recognize needs. Luke 10, 30 through 34, Jesus says, a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. And he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. Now the priest and the temple assistant in the story did not rob the man and did not beat up the man. They just passed by. Their sin was what they did not do. And this is the sin of omission. I certainly realize that in a world filled with needs, we can't help everyone all the time. But I also know that we could do more than we do. Often we excuse ourselves from helping because it's not easy, and frequently helping those in needs require time and can be inconvenient. But if we know of needs and are unwilling to help, we find ourselves in the shoes of the priest and the temple assistant who walked past the crime victim 
without helping. The root of sin is the sin of omission. It is the reason for many broken homes. What does a man have to do to destroy his home? Does he have to abuse his wife, beat her up? Does he have to curse her? No, just neglect her. So what do you have to do for your church to fail? Start a church fight? Get some false doctrine into the church? Well, those things hurt the church. But do you know why the church fails? The sin of omission. Failing to do what you know you ought to do to support your church and do nothing. It's a sin to know of needs without helping. When you know that someone needs your help and it is possible for you to give that help, but you don't, you are sinning. When you see a need and are unwilling to do anything about it, you are sinning. When someone asks for your help and it is in your power to help that person, but you ignore the person and the need, that is a sin. Jesus told us how God will judge us on the day of judgment. Those on, the, on his right and those on his left both saw a need, but only those on the right did something about it. The, the scripture was read by Minister Kynes, that's from Matthew 25. 37 through 40, well, from 31 through 46, but here I'm just using 37 uh, through 40. But it gives a description of those who were faithful in helping those in need. It says, then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirst and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these my brothers and sisters, you are doing it to me. There was only one difference between the two groups, the one on the left and the one on the right. One group did something about the needs that they saw, and the other group did not. It is sinful to see a need that you can meet and ignore it. God is watching to see if our faith has feet, hands, and hearts to help others that are in need. Serving others is an expression of our love for Jesus Christ. But the second sin of omission is to be gifted without serving. To be gifted without serving. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul talks about the fact that every believer has been given gifts or abilities to serve the kingdom of God. 
as he discusses these gifts or abilities, he makes a very important statement in verse 7. He said, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. If you are a believer, no matter what gender, age, educational level, or economic situation, the Holy Spirit has given you at least one spiritual gift. The gift has been given to you for the common good, not for yourself. If you're not using your spiritual gift or gifts for the common good in the body of Christ, then you are sinning. God did not give you your abilities, your gifts and talents simply to satisfy your own needs. God gave you those gifts for the good of his church, for the people of God, and, for, and also for those who are outside the church that we have to minister to. If you have the ability to do something that will benefit other Christians or non-Christians and you don't do it, then you're guilty of the sin of omission, according to James. Jesus, at the conclusion of his parable on the talents, said in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 29, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. It was um, S.D. Gordon, a, a uh, preacher in the, in the last century, who wrote with respect to gifts. He said, and I quote, we have nothing to do with how much ability we have got or how little, but with what we do with what we have. God gives it much or little. Our part is to be faithful, doing the level best with every bit or scrap. End of quote. We all have different talents. Different gifts that the Lord has given to us when we became followers of Jesus Christ. And every one of these gifts are needed to further the work of Christ's kingdom. I don't know what your gift is, but whatever it is, God wants you to use it for his glory. So that when you do good to someone, when you utilize those gifts, people will see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. But if you don't, then by knowing to do good and not doing it, you are committing sin. But number three, the third sin of omission is to know the truth and not share it or tell it. Do you know someone who needs to know Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord, but don't? Are you aware of someone who used to be active in church, but now never darkens the door? Is there someone you know who need to talk, you need to talk to about their relationship with Jesus Christ, but you have been avoiding the subject? 
Often the Holy Spirit nudges us to speak to someone about their salvation, about their faith, and we ignore him because we don't want to or we are afraid we don't know how. James 4 and verse 17, our text says, Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. But fourthly, it's a sin to hear the good news about Jesus Christ without responding positively to it. You see, when you hear the word of the Lord preached and you ignore it, then you are sinning. When you find something in God's word that tells you to change something in your life and you ignore it, you are sinning. When you know the Holy Spirit is speaking to you to do something or not do something, and you ignore that voice, you are sinning. When you know the truth, but don't respond to it, you are committing sin. There are many people who have heard the message of the gospel and are ignoring it. They are ignoring it for many reasons. Perhaps they have things that they want to do, which uh, they think would not be compatible with uh, faith in Jesus Christ. They may want to make more money, and they need, they need all the time that they can get to, to do the things that, that can make them rich. Or they don't want to give up something that they know they will have to give up. But once you have heard the good news about Jesus Christ dying on the cross for your sins and God's gift of eternal life, you have a responsibility to respond. The ultimate sin of omission is to know the good news about Jesus and to refuse to accept him as your savior from sin. Hebrews chapter 2 one through four says, so we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard. For the message God delivered through angels has always stood firm and every violation of the law and every act of disobedience was punished. So what makes us think we can escape if we ignore this great salvation that was first announced by the Lord Jesus himself and then delivered to us by those who heard him speak. And God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever he chose. So don't commit the ultimate sin of omission by refusing to respond to the grace of God. And grace simply means unmerited favor. If Jesus is not your Lord and your Savior, you don't realize how close you are to a Christless eternity. You're only one step, one breath, one moment, one heartbeat away from eternity. Any given moment... Your lungs could collapse, your body, your body could fail, your heart could stop 
end of life could end. It is risky to be without Christ as your Savior. Never knowing what day could be your last day. Never knowing what conversation could be your last conversation. Not knowing what activity could be your last activity. None of us is guaranteed another day. Another handshake. Another night's rest. Another opportunity to do the right thing. There's nobody like Jesus to us who have made him the Lord and master of our lives and have the assurance of eternal life because he is the fountain of our joy. He is the source of our comfort, the strength of our days, the solution to our problems, the delight of our soul, the object of our worship, the giver of our blessings, the author of our salvation, the wisdom of our decisions, the healer of our body, and the cause of our hope. No, there is just nobody like Jesus. Thank God for those of you who can say today, I have found a friend in Jesus. He is everything to me. He is the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. The lily of the valley, in him alone I see all I need to cleanse and make me whole. In sorrow he's my comfort, in trouble he's my stay. He tells me every care on him to roll. He is the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He is the greatest of 10,000 to my soul. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. You can reach us at 617 617- 427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org and tune in every Saturday morning at 10:30 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. <laughs>